Good day, everybody. This is Dan Young with Total Wellness Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. In this episode, episode 261, the basic nutrition class. This particular class has been taught at the Country Doctor Nutritional Center in Cheyenne, Wyoming for over 15 years. It is the backbone of the model of eating that we share with everybody, less a few modifications for those folks that need some specific adjustments, but the 6211 food model is the basic nutrition class we do every month here, the fourth Tuesday of the month. And tonight's class was about an hour's worth of material that you're gonna love to plug into. Guaranteed that if you'll follow this model of eating, you are going to improve your health. So sit back and enjoy this episode, episode 261, the Nutrition 101 class on Total Wellness Radio. Mild correction here. This is actually episode 285 on Total Wellness Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This will be good. We have, primarily this class is for existing clients. I'm going to be lazy and sit down tonight. I hope you don't mind. Sure. I got permission from these two over here already. So <laughs> I'll just scoot around where I can see faces. Have some fun. This class is for clients who are... Um, for the most part, new to what we do uh, with nutritional therapy, okay? It is the second most required class that we offer. The first most required class is the orientation class, where we explain what we do, how we do it, most importantly, why, how long could it take, we went through that, the five stressors, right? The five key principles, the things to understand about how to make this really work on your behalf. Tonight's class is a little different. Tonight's class is about the very most important, like time-tested, proven basics of diet and habits and the things that you'll have to develop. Um, in the business world, they call it the daily method of operation. What's your DMO, right? In in the world of personal, you know, improvement, it's what are your habits, right? What do your habits look like? in terms of your choices, what you're eating, and how often, and, and things of that nature. Um, so, when, for example, when we do food logs with people, right, we don't ask you to write down everything that you're eating so that we can point out to you what you shouldn't be eating. Most everybody here knows what they shouldn't be eating, right? Krispy Kreme donuts and Mountain Dews, although they taste really good, not, your body can't perform on that stuff for any length of time very well. It's like we were talking about earlier, the body comes with two brains, okay? There's a brain between the ears that makes decisions. And then there's a brain above the belly button that dictates quality of health. The problem is between the two is a mouth. <laughs> and this thing gets us into trouble because it convinces this one that makes the decisions to not give this one what it needs in favor of what this one wants, right? We're all subject to that, right? You're looking at somebody who in, it was 1998, I had an appendicitis attack so bad, I thought I was gonna die. It was really painful. And it was 100% diet driven. Um, you're looking at somebody who used to have between easily four and six Mountain Dews a day. And then the floorboard of my truck 
was riddled with peanut butter cup and butterfinger and wrappers, right? And so I know what it's like to be horrendously addicted to sugar, right? And to get away from it. Or to be really addicted to almost like the grains or the dairy or whatever. These good tasting foods, the body can't perform them. And so, so this class is really about helping you identify the importance of habits, developing new habits. One of my favorite things is right here, it says, where you are a year from now is a reflection of the choices you choose to make right now. So some of you are younger, right? And you don't have the aches and pains and the experiences yet that some of us others here do have, okay? But you have an opportunity to start developing some different choices and habits that a year from now can make all the world a difference. Right? Everything is based on habits. Everything that we do, how we talk, how we walk, how we drive, you know, how we cook, our thought process, our philosophy on money, relationships, God. I mean, everything is based on a habit. We have developed a habit, a philosophy on life. And we run everything through that filter or that philosophy to see does that match up to what I believe and what's fulfilling to me and what I want to experience. Right? If it doesn't, we reject it. If it does, we embrace it and, and see what we can get from it, right? I mean, everybody has that. It's called habits. So tonight's class is really going to give you lots of different elements to choose from, kind of like the recipe, like the menu at the, a restaurant that you like. It's got 56 choices, but you're not going to choose all 56. You're going to find one or two that really meet your need and go to work on it, right? From the standpoint of building a meal that you want to enjoy, that's how you would order off a menu. Tonight's going to be a large menu of things that you can choose from for yourself. Some of you already aren't doing food logs. Some of you have some, some uh, food intolerances that you've got to already avoid, right? You're already aware of some of those things. Um, but for the most part, this is about developing consistent habits long-term so that you're making choices that serve you best, right? Never, no one does this perfectly. Nobody does this perfectly, ever. Um, and so don't try to do that perfectly. But be consistent, right? Be as consistent with your choices as you can. So we're going to go through the handouts. The front handout should say daily diet, okay? So we're going to set that aside. What's the next one underneath that one? Because this one we're going to spend most of our time on. What's the next one in there? Introduction, okay? 6211 every day. Uh, if you flip it over, it talks about fruits and vegetables. I think it talks about. Uh, yeah, you got it. Pasteurized dairy, pork products, okay? And then it goes into, you got it right there, banana fact sheet. Does everybody after that have a banana fact sheet? Looks something like that. Find that in there. Oh, the foods A to Z, I think, was first. Some of these don't look the same, and that's why they're throwing me off here. Something like that. Yeah, one more step. Do you want this one Yeah, this is not this is not in line with what they have. So. Okay, here we go. One more step. Yep, there we go. 
Some of them look a little darker than some of the others, but that's the foods, A to Z, okay? And the different quality of foods and the different things that will do for your body. Where this form actually came from was um, the garden club here in Cheyenne had me do a talk from like, this was like 15 years ago. And they had me, uh, and I just thought, well, it'd be kind of fun to see from A to Z, right, what different foods can support the body. So we've got front and back. And you can kind of look at that and say, oh, well, these different fruits promote different things in the body, helps the body perform a certain way. I want to start adding some of these in, right? So it just kind of gives you a list to choose from. Next after that, now you're banana factory. There we go. Now we're back on track. Um, people who are trying to lose weight, I will tell you this much about bananas. Eat bananas too often, it makes it real challenging to lose weight. Okay? It is not a part of a good weight loss program. But from a health standpoint, and if you're not on phase one, okay, from a health standpoint, there's a lot of benefits to that one little fruit there. So it was so important we actually included a handout on bananas. Alright. Phase one's a can't eat it, right? Yeah. Next. Yep, you're right with me. Perfect. 140 plus reasons why sugar is ruining your health. Well, that can't be. It tastes so good. That's when this convinces this to overrule this <laughs> for in favor of what it tastes like. So, this gal, Nancy Appleton, you can actually go online to her website. You can take her little, her little quiz. When I first came across it, I failed it miserably. Don't eat that way anymore, thank God. But this gives you an idea of why certain activities, behavior, physical symptomatology from sugar, that one substance alone consumed on a consistent basis, is extremely erosive to your health. So there's that one. Next one should be the sugar-controlled diet. I can't tell you, and, and Tammy's experienced this too, how many times we've had people come here and they'll say things like, I never eat sugar. <laughs> I never eat sugar, Greg. Yeah. And then you get their first week's food log and 50% of what they're eating converts rapidly to sugar. But they said no. If you take notes, write this down somewhere. The journey of developing these habits exposes you to a couple of things. Your blind spots and your weaknesses, right? In terms of neglects. But your blind spots, I just didn't know. I simply didn't know, right? That eating bread every day rapidly converts to sugar and sludge in your guts and feeds a yeast problem and makes your hormones go bonkers and creates an environment where you have more infections than you should and on and on and on and on. And body aches and inflammation, right? They just didn't know. So those are kind of the blind spots that we all have. Or the neglects, like the weaknesses. Like, I know I should be doing this differently. I know I should be drinking more water. I need to be moving more. Sedentary lifestyle is not healthy. I should be sitting around playing video games all the time. I need to get up to go brisk walk 20, 30 minutes a day. Right? They don't, they're just not doing it. Right? And so what we do over time is help kind of piece the two together and get people embracing better habits. And one of those habits is when they come in and they say, I never eat sugar. But their food log says, you eat a lot of sugar, right? 
I said, well, if you don't think you eat sugar, do that one for two weeks and let me know how you feel. And people that overeat sugar, if they do this for two weeks, they feel bad. They're actually detoxifying from the sugar in the system, and they can actually feel kind of lousy for a little while. So, good way to prove that. One of the things we get tripped up by when we look at labels, and I encourage you to become familiar with the labels of the foods you're choosing to consume. Be familiar with them, okay? This is just a list of all the different names for sugar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they hide it in there because they know people are smart. And they're looking for, they're looking, they're reading the labels closer now. There's no saying that the big print giveth and the small print taketh away. So the label on the front, organic, homegrown, milk, milky white, flowing, and angels are singing, right? Yeah, you love that milk. But you flip it around and you think all this stuff that's in there that doesn't make any sense. It's not, you can't even pronounce it. Okay? So they hide the truth in the small print. Here's another thing they like to do on labels. You'll get a label... And if you don't look at the very top, and it'll tell you how many servings are in the package. So the package might be kind of small, not a whole lot there, but they might have listed their ingredients and their breakdown based on, well, that package is four servings. So whatever's on the label, you gotta take that times four if you eat the whole thing. So we gotta, they'll trick you up that way too. So be aware of that. Next is nice. Shit. We're moving right along here. I like this. We'll be done in like six hours. You guys are going to be. This is great. We're getting through this. You're getting through this quick. Okay. For people who have chronic pain, chronic aches and pains and range of motion and discomfort, okay, this is a really good one to pay attention to in terms of are you eating foods from the nightshade family, okay? So pay very close to this little handout. It's very, very accurate. Comes from uh, Dr. Sherry Rogers. She's out of Sarasota, Florida. She's a medical doctor, but she really did a good job at identifying some foods that are detrimental in a chronic pain case, okay? So be aware. This one, next one is so good, it's in our book. It's in our book. Death begins in the colon. Remember I said this makes decisions and this gets kind of gypped because of this? Well, this area right here is what dictates the quality of your health, always. When you look through this though, it's like, oh wow, it affects toxicity buildup in the body, it affects my digestion, the nervous system, neurological performance, it affects eyes, bones, muscles, joints, urinary tract, emotions, right? Everything stems from the quality of a healthy gut. Everything. Okay? The most important brain. The one that dictates quality of performance, quality of our life. So pay attention to those things. Here we go. The gut pus flyer. I mean milk. Eric Daniels did a really good job exposing people to the truth in regards to our body's inability to tolerate pasteurized milk. 
And here's the biggest thing that I know from pasteurization that's worth... Uh, oh, did you guys write this down? Genetics loves the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. <laughs> that's a good one, I like it. We're all guilty of that one, too. All right. Milk protein, when it has not been pasteurized. Milk protein, after it's been pasteurized. What happened to it? Got a lot smaller. It shrinks in size exponentially. And it also gets much heavier by weight of the protein. So when you drink that, hey, welcome. Good to see you, dear. So when you drink that, it can get into the bloodstream much faster than it's supposed to because it's so much smaller, yet it hasn't been properly metabolized or broken down. So when it hits the bloodstream, it's now considered a foreign protein, potential invader, triggers the immune system, and voila, contributes to what's called autoimmune problems. Histamine responses off the liver, sinus drainage, congestion, and phlegm. This is what's triggering that. Now, if you have a cow, and you milk your own cow, and you don't let man tamper with that milk, and you consume it from the cow or the goat, okay? More often than not, unless you already have developed a sensitivity, you can handle that kind of milk. But if it's pasteurized, it doesn't matter if it's organic. Organic simply means that they treated the cow real good. It ate well. That's all that means, okay? But it's still, they've changed that protein size, and there's what triggers a lot of autoimmune problems. So you just need to be aware of that. That's where the problem comes in. Somebody said earlier, well, what about ice cream? That's just frozen pus in a jug. <laughs> with sugar. With sugar. <laughs> frozen pus with sugar at this point. So, got milk. Read through that. Seven out of ten people that drink milk on a consistent basis have some form of allergy sensitivity intolerance. It'll show up in their hormones, their immune system, mucus or phlegm, asthma, breathing issues are big, 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 big on this kind of stuff, okay? So you got to wear that. Reading list. Next is the reading list. Now, there's other things that we could put on this, obviously, but this company right here, I'll give one to Greg, because I know he'll appreciate that. You ladies will probably appreciate it. I've got more. Um, they are right in that one. Give me a couple of more of those. I'll get one to... Yep. That's the name. From Celine River Press. Celine River Press has... The nice thing about Celine River Press is that you can purchase all kinds of health and wellness support material from them at the same price I do. They're a major publisher of information from A to Z. So whether it's allergies or asthma or vaccines or whatever it is, proteins, healthy fats, cholesterol, facts and myths, whatever it is that you want to know, ADHD, whatever that is, okay? 
anything you want to know about from a nutritional therapy standpoint, they're considered, in my experience, probably one of the best publishing agents in the country. And the cool thing is, is they're right in Fort Collins. So they're nice and close by. So she's going to make sure to get you guys the, so you can go online, you can look through there. Some of those books are practitioner driven only. Not going to be a good read. Won't be a fun read, okay? Endocrinology and, and neurology and things of that nature, you probably won't find fun. But if you search through there, you're going to find different books by authors around the country and local who have either, they're chiropractors or nutritionists, uh, acupuncturists of nutrition, that type of thing, and they have documented their journey and their clients' journeys pretty well in terms of getting better and staying well and not, you know. Bottom line is if you don't, you know, we, we believe you do not have to be harmed in order to be healed in any way. And if you believe that too, then this is the right place, okay? So, so having that as a resource is a really good reading list. Um, and every book that's on this reading list I've given you is pretty sure it's listed on this Lever Press handout in order. Last couple of sheets, and we're going to dive into the meat of this. We'll be done in about four and a half hours. That's pretty good. We're, make, we're getting up to pretty good. We're getting a good time. All right, reprogramming and healing crisis. Last two things. When people start making those decisions that take them into that direction of better habits. And that's what the night's about, is better habits. The body, because now it's being supported better with diet and lifestyle, okay, has the opportunity to do some house cleaning. Some people go through it for long periods of time, right? And it's, it's, like, it's like a healing crisis or a reprogramming where the body you're doing some good things for yourself, and all of a sudden it's like, well, the first two or three weeks, well, I'm feeling pretty good, we're going to crash. Oh my gosh, the program isn't working for me anymore, right? That's the first, because that's logical, that's the first thing to think. The reality of it is, is that you've taken enough stress off the body that it can start, it feels good enough, it's strong enough, it can start dumping some back reserves, unpurified, at a deeper level. And you might go through what's referred to as flu-like symptoms for three or four days, maybe five days, right? A little bit of the... A little bit of the detox flu, okay? And then all of a sudden when you come out of that, boom, you feel much better again. Even better than you did before a little bit, right? Better energy, sleep, digestion's better, okay? And we do that. Here's how the pattern goes when you lose your health. You start off real healthy and then you start doing this. And each low is a little lower than the last one. But from here to here might be 10 years. Okay, so when that graph that's in your handout, the reverse happens. Some people, when they make a decision to change, their reversal is pretty aggressive. One to three years, boom, they're back on top. Others, their progression is a little less. But the highs and lows are never, the lows are never as low as they were before. You see what I'm saying? Bernard Jensen taught this. We heal from the top down, from the inside out, and in the reverse order of symptoms that we experience in our lifetime. I'll say it again. Bernard Jensen taught that we heal from the top down, from the inside out, and in the reverse order of symptoms that we've ever experienced in our lifetime. And he proved it. Bernard Jensen saw over 400,000 clients in his lifetime. 
He was a PhD in nutrition, chiropractor, naturopath. He was an organic farmer. He did iridology. He was amazing. And he wrote over 60 books. Okay? There's books out there by Bernard Jensen that says, How to get rid of rheumatoid arthritis in six weeks. How to get rid of cardiovascular disease in six weeks. How to get rid of arteriosclerosis in six weeks. How to get rid of fatty liver disease in six weeks. Right? And on and on and on and on. In fact, one of his books, this one right here, if I can get it out without making a mess, that's going to be not easy to do. This one right here, called Chemistry of Man, is, is my reference. <laughs> it's, it's, I've been going through this for a long time. Um, I just love this thing. It's a novel book, but it's not a novel. If you're having trouble sleeping, pick this bad boy up. <laughs> Read a few lines. You're out, okay? <laughs> not entertaining. But there's Dr. Jensen right there. And this is required studies for nutritional therapeutics, nutritional counseling, uh, nature paths, okay? This is required studies to have a firm foundation to stand on for nutritional therapeutics that has stood the test of time. That has not changed. The needs found in this the only change that's happened is it needs to happen younger now. Because we've got kids getting sicker faster. Geneticists and gerontologists have shown the last three years that the bell curve is switching back. Life expectancy has actually turned. You don't hear about it anywhere because why? Modern medicine wants to take, take full credit for you living longer. Well, you're not living longer anymore, so we can't talk about it. That curve is turning. Now there's three, or five, three to five generations you're going to see kids that aren't outliving their parents. That's spooky. That's how sick we are worldwide. That curve is happening. Okay? So this right here is what we used to come up with this. That's your front sheet. We're going to, start, we're going to finish up two and a half hours. We're getting to this good. Two and a half more hours, we'll have the front done. And this is where you want to really focus your habits, making your choices as best you can, okay? This is based on this book. Now, you can go get this book for, what, 80 bucks? 60, 80 bucks? Did you find it cheaper? Did you? No, it's closer to like 100, 150. Oh, yeah. ouch. Or you can take my book report. <laughs> okay, Nita says we'll take that. All right, so. Don't do that. Don't do that. My poor book is falling apart. Okay. All right. So I'm going to take you through your 6211. How many of you are doing food logs right now? Okay. How many of you are doing food logs for phase one right now? Two. Oh, there we go. Okay. So your, your goal for 30 days is to see the percentage of... Uh, fruits and vegetables to starches about a 90-10 ratio. That's the goal. When we're not on that, here's the goal, which is about 80-20. It's a little less rigid on the, you know, the processed grains, things of that nature. Okay? So, 6-2-1-1. Six veggies, two fruit, one starch, and one meat protein daily. Not, that's not the only protein, because some of you are more protein lovers than others, okay? But one meat protein a day. Now, 
when it comes to meat protein, the size of the palm of the hand, you notice how I flex mine because I want more protein. More protein. But the size of the palm of the hand, thickness of a deck of playing cards, of meat. Now, eggs, seeds, nuts, things of that nature, that's an addition to. So you have more protein. But meat protein, okay? That's what Jensen proved. And everyone's different. Everyone's needs are different. Right? That's how we were designed. Um, how many... How, how hard is it to get six veggies in a day? In the form of... Salad? Stir-fried. Smoothie? Yeah. Yeah, smoothie or salad. Okay? That's, that's the two easiest ways, and if you need recipe ideas, just ask for them. they got all kinds of recipe ideas up front that will help you with this. So either a smoothie or a salad can meet those needs, okay? Fruit, ideally, now this is from a digestive standpoint, fruit, ideally, needs to be by itself. Okay, it needs to be alone. You want to do that by itself. Here's why. Fruit, I'm going to draw you a picture. I'm not a very good artist. Looks like Mr. Potato Head. This is your stomach. Don't, what are you laughing at? Ears. You don't have to make me feel bad. No, that's not ears. That's the liver and that's the pancreas. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to make me feel bad. No, actually, this is the liver and this is the pancreas. Okay, so when you eat fruit, it is supposed to exit the stomach quickly into the small intestine through the duodenum. Okay, it's supposed to exit this area. It's not supposed to spend a lot of time here. The reason is because it leaves little little um, elements of layers of sugar behind, which can cause gas, bloating. Right? You don't want that. You want to get it out of this into the small intestine as fast as possible. Okay. So when you think of fruit, think of how we're taught to drive a car. Ten and two. Simple concept, right? Have a piece of fruit about 10 o'clock, another one about 2. By itself, away from other food. So does that mean Raisin Bran's a good choice in the morning? Nah. Tastes good. But we're letting this make decisions for this. <laughs> it doesn't give this what it needs. Okay, so fruit by itself. So think 10 and 2. The exception of that isn't a smoothie. Thank you. The exception of this is if it's already in there. Here's why. Because it's already pre-digested. It's liquefied. So it's easy for the body to digest. Okay? It doesn't spend much time. It doesn't have to spend much time here. Okay? Got it? Here's the toughest one for everybody. Separate those two. Oh, no. Can't go to Texas Roadhouse anymore. Of course you can. Have your meat, your veggie, and your salad there and take the tater home. Half hour away. If you want to have some potato, do it. If you haven't had your little piece of bread for the day, half hour later, do it. Keep the vegetables, the salads, and the meat together. But do your best to eliminate the starches. Your digestion will thank you a hundredfold. Jensen, he believed really strongly in food combining. 
and it's no different today. In fact, it needs to be more. When you live in a country that consumes the level of Rolades and Tums that we do in Nexus and Nexus, Nexium and uh, Prilosec, right? That's administered to people to destroy their digestion because they won't properly combine food. Or, how many of you have ever seen somebody take a bite of food, chew it like, and then wash it down and keep shoveling? Huh? You see that happen? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, 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 I ate something bad for me. No, you didn't eat something that was very, you know, you didn't eat it the right way. It could have been totally good for you. But if you combine it wrong, it can really give you a hard time. So, this right here is 80, and this right here is 20. That's how you get to 80 20. As a dietary guideline, it's a habit. So when people come in, they turn their food logs for the first time, and, and we hear it and we say 65 35, 70 30, 75 25, 80 20, 85 15. Now you know what we're talking about is that the goal is to get 80% or higher, especially you phase one folks, 80% or higher on this, and 20% or less in this area. But seeds, nuts, eggs, healthy fats, avocados, berry fruits, right? You can, have, you can still keep, keep doing those. Okay, so that's how you get to 80-20. Six veggies, two fruits, it starts in protein, and in your handouts tonight is a nice, Detailed approach to that six two one one. Okay, not just the one page handout, but there's there's more information that will help support the choices, support the habits. Okay, here's the deal: it takes three to six months in most cases. Three to six months to develop new healthy habits. That's okay. You don't have to do the, have this nailed by next week, right? Be patient with yourself. Be consistent. Put forth some effort, forget perfection, but and give yourself that three to six month window, right? Of making consistent choices over time. What'll happen is you'll develop the new habits that you need, you'll feel better. And you'll perform better. And you'll know it. And you'll also know when you don't do it. Because now you're more aware of what it feels like to feel good. Most people have no clue what it feels like to feel good in this country. They don't have any idea. Right? Until so they start feeling better. And then they violate the diet, or they get off track, or they violate their habits, or let this, you know, this overrule this for this, which we all can have happen, okay? And they kind of have a setback, say, oh, man, I've got a headache for two days, I wonder why. Oh, because Dan gave me those stupid ginger chews. <laughs> I said, your tummy, I, I said, your tummy's bothering him. Here, have a little piece of ginger. Well, then ginger chews from sports, because those things are good. <laughs> Didn't do much. Did, it was great for the tummy, but not it good was, for the head. It was not. I paid for it. All right. Top six foods to avoid, according to Dr. Jensen. We'll be done in another 78 minutes. We're good. We're, we're really speeding up the time now. Top six foods to avoid and why. I gave you, for the first one, under white sugar. I gave you a handout that talks about 146 reasons why sugar is destroying your health. If you're serious about performing optimally, if you're serious about longevity, if you're, if you're serious about like vitality, okay, then you shouldn't have to be given more than three or four reasons that are legitimate. 
for doing a, a, a habit, to develop a habit, right? So we've given you 146 reasons why sugar's ruining your health. So that one's easy, I'm not gonna belabor it. The white flower thing, however, we need to talk about for a minute. How many of you ever put white flour in a bowl with some water and saw how sticky it got? Right? How many of you know that that was the original wallpaper paste? They actually used it to hang wallpaper in homes. It works so good. It's like, well, it is glue. It was the original glue for wallpaper okay, in homes. Now, when you eat a little bit of that every day, a little bit is not going to do so much. But eat a little bit every day for 40 years as it's passing through this 26 foot of piping, gumming up the works. Okay? Because what flour does is it leaves behind, in the small intestine, we have what's called villi. And this liquid food, liquefied food, has to roll over this and it's absorbed. It's drawn into the bloodstream, purified by the liver, sent out to the rest of the body. That's how we work best. Well, if you get flour in there, these little valleys, you get mucus up. And the little hair-like protrusions that are sticking out, the little villi that when the food rolls over and it's ready to be pulled into the bloodstream, because it's ready, it's been processed properly, these things aren't standing up anymore. They're actually kind of laying down. They're just laying down. They're not up like this, they're kind of folded over, okay? Now that's why you can get away with, because the surface area of this area is 26, uh, uh, 26 foot of piping, the surface area is the size of a tennis court. So you have lots of surface area that you can abuse for decades before it starts catching up with you. And there's where we get misguided, right? We get tricked into thinking that we're okay. In fact, what that flower does, here's some pictures of what it looks like once it's been pulled out of the human body by apple pectin, pharmaceutical grade charcoal, and bentonite clay. Yeah, it's gross, I know. We'll pass it along. The reason it's black is because of those elements to pull it out. When it's inside of you, it looks like this clear mucus. And they take pictures, colonoscopies, it looks all shiny. Well, you're looking through mucus that's been left behind by dietary habits like this, okay? So that will actually pull that out of there. So flour, white flour products. Is that like the colon cleansing? Mm -hmm. Yep. Was that in your clinic, those pictures? No, that's from Dr. Jensen's. And in fact, one of these right here, this batch right here, right there under my finger, came out of a 12-year-old girl. This right here, that's what a polyp looks like. That little kind of pushed out spot to pull polyps out. So um, if you've lived in America for any length of time and participated with the standard American diet to a lesser or greater degree, there is those false encasements and mucosal linings inside of there. So that's intestine that's removed. And you'll see it, you'll see surgery. No, that's false encasements drawn out by a bowel cleanse. Oh, it has a bowel cleanse. Yeah, it's drawn out by a bowel cleanse. Dairy products. Dairy products in the grocery store. Notice it's not dairy products from the cow or the goat. 
It's after man has tampered with it. It's an insult to the cowardly goat. Insult that product. They do it to give it a long shelf life and say it's for health purposes. The reality of it is it's not very healthy after they've messed with it. So dairy products from grocery stores. You get it directly from the cow, thank the cow, thank the goat. Don't thank Safeway. Pork. The reason pork made his hit list, there are elements in pork that allow parasites to thrive. In fact, they've shown this in slaughterhouses. We had a class here six, eight years ago, a gentleman from, uh, from uh, Chugwater who has an organic farm. He was in the class and I started talking about parasites and pork activity and things like that. And he kind of shook his head and he's grinning and I said, what's, what's so funny? He says, well, he says, it's actually worse than how you're describing it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, I used to work in a slaughterhouse. And you always knew when it was pig day because the gut piles would have parasites crawling around in them. In the gut piles. Okay? So the meat of pigs is very supportive of what's called blood-borne parasites, meaning that you can't kick it out of them. You can't heat it long enough to cook out. You can kill the, you can kill the adults, but you can't kill the larvae and they can hatch out, okay? So pork made the hit list, top six. Foods fried in oils. Um, do you know that Eskimos have the highest level of cholesterol numbers in the world, yet hardly any evidence of cardiac problems, stroke, and arteriosclerosis, and things of that nature? Did you know that? They have cholesterol levels in 450, 500 range. Okay. But they don't cook the meat like we do. What does every backyard in America have? Grill. A grill. And we burn that fat and then eat it. The body can't handle it that way. Or we cook it in fats that have been heated, right, beyond certain temperatures. And it becomes like a plastic. The body can't process it, and it can't it has a hard time getting rid of it, so it just parks it in all the arterial areas of the body, femoral arteries and portal vein and the carotid arteries, places like that. And it starts plugging things up. Okay. So, uh, what's the best oil? Was avocado oil has a real high? Avocado, if you want to have, if you want to cook, it's got one of the higher tolerances to heat is avocado oil. Okay. Another thing you can do is, if you want to do, like you mentioned stir fry earlier, you can do vegetables, you can kind of braise them in the water, okay, get them, get them, get them going. Strain that, throw them in a bowl, and then throw your oil and stir it in there. Then you get that nice, oily, kind of buttery taste without having superheated the oil. Olive oil, you want to do that with because it's very low temperature. Yeah, olive oil. But grapeseed, is that a good one to cook? I'm not a fan of grapeseed. You're not? Mm -mm. But a bar canola is the worst. Avocado is okay. Avocado is great. Good frying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you say foods fried in oil, that means with exception, be unless you use avocado oil. Yeah, or not, to, or do low heat. You know, just braise those things, steam them up, I or add add it afterwards, right when it's not high heat. The last thing on the list is margarine. How many of you know where the margarine industry came from? You remember? Read it. Oh yeah, it is. I, but I forget. <laughs> <laughs> but it was back in the forties or. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Uh, they used to uh, in the feedlot industries for turkey and cow. Okay, in the feedlots, they were looking for a way to get them fattened up 
but they wanted to figure out a way to make more money. Oh, that's right. And so what happened was, and so there's in business, there's only two ways to increase your profit margin. Either produce a product for less money it costs to produce it, or sell it for more money. That's the only way you can change that, right? That's, that's it. There's no other way to improve your profit margin as a business, whether it's a service or product or anything. So they were maxed out as what they could sell the product for, because it's a commodity, right? So it's, they were maxed out at what they could sell it for, so they had to figure out a way to produce it for less. And that way they can improve their profits. And so they figured, well, we'll just start feeding them oil. And they'll gain weight, and everything will be great, we'll save money, right? And we'll improve our profits, and everything, everyone's happy. Here's the problem after they're doing that with these processed oils. They're feeding it to them for about 14, 16 weeks, somewhere in there, and they start dropping dead of heart attacks in the feedlots. Cthud, diet, okay? And they're like, well, my gosh, this is no good. But we've already spent millions of dollars. We've got the growers in place, the processing in place. I know what we'll do. Let's repackage it and sell it to people. And here's our tagline. Eat our margarine, it's lowering cholesterol in butter. Which, by the way, cholesterol is not an illness. It's not a marker for a disease of any kind. Never has been. Okay? But it sure sells a lot of margarine to convince people, based on fear, not fact, that cholesterol is a boogeyman. Right? You shouldn't, shouldn't have high cholesterol. So here's what happened. The year that margarine came out, heart attack and stroke rates skyrocketed in this country. Does anybody remember the name of the very first margarine that came out? Oleo. Oh, that's right. And oleo, when it first came out, people didn't want to eat it because it was white, looked like a big lump of lard. And they were used to butter. So they put a little dye pack with it, right? Squished it together, spit it out on a plate. It was yellow. People would eat it like crazy. And heart attack, stroke, and cardiovascular incidences skyrocketed after that. Okay. So here's the deal. Well, even if it says on the container, can't believe it's not butter, believe it, it's not butter. Don't eat that stuff. The butter we love is Kerrygold. Do you, eat, you guys do Kerrygold or Land O'Lakes? What do you guys do? Land O'Lakes? I love those. Challenge? That's what it's called? Yeah, it's better than Land O'Lakes. Challenge. That's the name of the product. I like Kerrygold because, man, I'm saying I can just take butter like a banana and just eat it like crazy. That stuff's so good. So, there's your top six foods to avoid. The 80-20 habit to develop. Give yourself three to six months. Be patient. Look at all the other things that are in there. If they don't apply, don't use them. If they do, do. Use them. Okay. But everything's based on habits, and that's what this whole exercise, this whole journey... Uh, the, the lifestyle is a fancy name for habits. That's just a fancy name that we got to develop the right habits. And everyone's a little different in the habits they need to develop for themselves in order to perform optimally. That make sense? Gosh, we got seven and a half hours done in 50 minutes. We did good. That's going to do it for this episode of Total Wellness Radio. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and making us a part of your day. If you haven't heard the news, the Ultimate Healing System, 18 Proven Steps to Achieve Optimum Health, has been re-released in a new format. A little bit smaller, easier to read, 
and it's available at our Country Doctor Nutritional Center website. Please check us out, and we look forward to having you join us again on a future episode of Total Wellness Radio.